Thank you for tuning in to the Crossover Podcast. We hope this message inspires you and grows your faith. To learn more about Crossover, visit our website at crossovernorman.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Crossover Norman. Enjoy the message. Well, this message, God, like I was praying and God was like, Christmas break, Christmas break. I'm like, what do you want me to speak about Christmas break? Like, what is it, Lord? Like, like what is it that you want me to talk about? You know, I always feel like Thanksgiving is a little bit flirting, like with, uh, it's like a flirt, because you get a little taste of what Christmas break looks like, and it's like finals, 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 right? And like, and then you get to Christmas break and you're dead, but I realize the fact is why he wanted me to talk about Christmas break. And Christmas break, if I can just be a little vulnerable for you, Christmas break in my life were actually some of the harder times in my life because I didn't break right. Anybody with me? Like, like, like I actually went into Christmas break and I actually didn't break right. And when I came back to school, I was actually more broken than when I left. I was actually at a lower point in my life than when I actually left to go to Christmas break. And so tonight, I just want to maybe... Give some ways. I just want to have a conversation a little bit about what does it look like to break right? So here's my thought on this, and I looked this up. I looked at what does break mean in the Greek context, and it says to pause and to find rest. And I was like, well, what does rest mean in Greek? And it means to find balance. So for me, to break right, you need to pause and you need to find balance. Anybody with me right now? Anybody like, I know what you mean, bro. Like, right now, I know that I need to pause, and I know, like, I need some balance in my life, because right now, I feel like a boat that is in the middle of the ocean on the worst storm possible, and waves are crashing over me, and I'm wandering aimlessly throughout the ocean. Like, I need that calmness, and I need that pause, and I need that stillness in my life to be able just to catch my breath. So tonight, how do we need to break right? I think that you need to find a place during this break to pause and to find balance. So how do we do that? I did do some math this week. Uh, That's a little scary. But I did some math this week, and I counted that the last day of your finals and the first day of next semester is exactly 30 days. Does that make you all a little scared? All right. It is 30 days in between. And I wonder, I just ask y'all, I beg y'all, how do we find pause and how do we find rest in 30 days? Now, I know that we could go a different, a, a, a multiple different ways of how to break right, but God gave me three ways that we can break right. The first way that I think that we can break right is we need to break slow. And what I mean by, by break slow is you need to slow down. Right now, you are running at a high pace. You are functioning at a high pace. You are trying to finish finals. You're trying to finish all your final projects. You're trying to do everything that you didn't do and should have done before. Amen. Hallelujah. Some makeup credits, right? And you're trying to cram everything in, hang out with all your friends that you possibly can. uh, And you're just at this high pace. And I'm just warning you, if you continue that high pace 
when you go home, you will break more than you will build yourself up. It'll be worse for you to continue this high pace. And breaking slow allows you to slow your pace and to be able to take a breath. Now, you heard me say slow down. I didn't say stop. So when you go home, I don't expect you just to veg out on the, on the couch and watch all your Netflix and scroll on your Snapchats and Instagrams and all this and do absolutely nothing, even though there might be a time for that, all right? I'm not saying that, that you need to stop everything. I'm saying that you need to slow down because this is your halftime. Like, like, you, like in a football game, like this is your halftime. You got your first half and you got your second half, but now you're about to enter into your halftime. And what does halftime do? The football players, they go into their locker room and they hydrate, get some electrolytes in them, might bandage up some of their, their wounds, some of their war scars, right? Anybody have some war scars from this semester? Be honest, all right? What's the ultimate thing that they do? They listen to their coach. And their coach is able to encourage them where they've done great. He might be able to pivot some things on what they need to pivot on. They, they might need to be built up in some of the ways that they need to build up. But it's hard to hear the coach in the chaos because they have to go to a place away from the chaos in order to hear the coach. And students, I'm telling you that, that if you don't slow down, you're not going to be able to hear God. You're not going to be able to hear what he has to say with you. And I know that, that you're about to enter this time and it's going to be go, 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 vacations, hanging out with friends, hanging out with family. And I'm just telling you that so many of us we crumble second semester because we broke wrong in Christmas break. And it's almost a catch-up game. Anybody been with me? Like it's a catch-up. You, you start your semester off second semester, and then like it's chaos, and then it happens a spring break, and you're like, oh my goodness, and then, then you're right back at finals, and it's stress, and, and like your hair's falling out. Like, no, hey, I can make bald look good, amen, all right? Had to get a bald joke in there, Acacia, just for you. What does Isaiah 40, 30 through 31 say? It says this, that even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Students, who are those that God blesses in this way? Who are the recipients that God's, God blesses with his gracious strength? It is those who wait on the Lord. Not everyone is able to soar on wings like eagles and to run and not be weary and to walk and not faint. It is only those who wait and trust on the Lord to guide them and provide for them. One of my frequent questions that I am asked every single semester, besides, hey, Brent, will you find me a girlfriend? All right? Yes, it happens all the time. Okay. Um, and I just say, hey, first off, I just need you to know something. 
Like, if you're not a Ryan Reynolds, don't expect a Blake Lively. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just be honest here. Let's be honest here. All right. Take it as you may. Lord be with me. All right. But the, the question I really do get, that really is the first question. All right. The second question that I really do get a lot is, how do I grow spiritually? Like, like seriously, like, 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 I got the hunger and thirst there. Anybody with me right now? Like, I got the hunger and thirst, and like, like I want to grow, man. I want to take that next step. Like, I want to be the person of God that I need to be. I mean, I've, I've had probably 25 people ask me that just this semester alone. How do I grow spiritually? And this is all I can say. That's like, there's not a magic pill. Or there's not a magic notion that you can take. It's, it's only about the steps that you take. And I said, it's really about this one thing. And I was like, this is all I can give you. Be in the presence of Jesus as much as you possibly can. Like, like, like you make your body, all right? You make your body your slave, and you say, listen, body, like I'm going to practice to be in the presence of Jesus as much as I possibly can. And I'm like, first off, you got to slow down. Like you got to slow down and, and the end goal for your life isn't to just read your Bible to get a check mark. Your end goal is not to just make sure that you pray every day to just get a check mark. No, it's to slow your life down enough that you can enter into the presence of Jesus. And you know what? This is what you tell yourself. I am not leaving my room. I am not leaving my closet that I am praying in. Maybe I'm not going to leave that park bench where I'm sitting and looking at this beautiful park and seeing the sun that God has made. Like, I'm not going to leave the room that I am in until I make sure I have entered into the presence of Jesus. And I know that I am there, and I know that He is there, the creator of the universe, the one that loves me so much. I want to make sure that I feel His presence in the room with me. You need to do that. You need to slow your life down enough that you know that you are in the presence of of Jesus. Let me just tell you, what does the psalmist say? He says, be still and know that I am God. You can't know that he is God and know about God and know who God is and know how God talks and know how God thinks and know how God orchestrates your life unless you can be still and be with him. And when you're in his word and you're starting to read his word and you're praying to him and the deep of your soul is connecting with the deep of his soul and your mind is connecting with his mind and you're learning how to walk with him and talk with him, you learn your own rhythm. Like, like what's your rhythm with Jesus? Like, like, how does Jesus talk to you? Like, how do you know when it's Jesus talking? You gotta be in his presence. And what happens, students, when, when you develop this life and this slow down life and you can enter into his presence, what happens is that when you feel his presence there, it actually starts bleeding over to the rest of your life. It moves from your prayer room to the rest of your life. You can be washing laundry. For some of y'all, that might be every other month, all right? But you might be washing laundry and then you feel the presence and you smile. I hope, I hope that you smile when you think of the next time you feel Jesus and you just smile like, Brent was right, man. Yeah, like, 
what up, God, right? Like, like you're talking to me, like, I feel you, God. I know that you're here. And you smile because you know the God of the universe is with you. How powerful is that? Maybe you're driving in your car and you're struggling with something. And a, and a fear comes over you. And God's like, hello? Like, he goes, I'm here. And you feel this presence. And you know that he is near and at that very moment, that's when he picks you up on the wings like eagles. That's when, that's when he gives you strength when you feel like you can't walk. Is when you know that he is near to you and he is with you. And when you are connecting with that, that God and that powerfulness and you see how mighty he is, it sure does make your problems seem so small. You know when else it happens? Students, let me just be honest with you. When you're about to scroll on something you're not supposed to scroll on and you know it. When you're about to do something that you've done before and it's sent you in sin and shame and it's made you feel so little and broken before and you know what, like it just it hurts you and, and, and it makes you feel less than and you can't believe that you keep on doing this same sinful, shameful thing and you know what, God shows up. And you know what's funny is that God doesn't come and try to belittle you and, and beat you down. No, he just shows up and his presence actually gives you strength. And I hope you smile again because you have a confident smile then saying, you know what, I don't have to do this. And this is what I ask you to do is close the laptop or close the door or walk away from that situation. And I want you to go walk a lap outside and I want you to just be like, Praise be to Jesus. And I want you to feel how much more confidence you have in Jesus. Learn how to be in the presence of Jesus. Learn it in your bedroom and then let it grow out in the rest of the manners of your life. So many of us right now, we're caught up in sin because we have allowed sin to be greater in our life than our Savior. If that's the case, this break, you need to break slow. You need to break slow and you need to enter into the presence of Jesus every single day. And I'm telling you, at that moment, students, when you know that he is there and you know that you are there, it just activates just such a strength and such an awakening that you are just in awe that you are in the presence of God. Go feel that for yourself. It is so worth it. So break slow, but then I think the second thing that we need to do is we need to break through. How many of us right now, let's be honest, we need to break through something? Like seriously, like something right now in your soul is trapping you. Like, like what's coming up even as I'm talking this? What is the one thing that is smothering you? What's the one thing that is taking the joy from you? What is the one thing that is hurting you? In the book of Exodus, the people of God, they just got through singing, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, let my people go to Pharaoh, all right? And they're on their way to the promised land. And Pharaoh ends up changing his mind. You know, I really don't want these Israelites to go away. I want to get them back. And what does Pharaoh do? He gathers up all of his army. And he's chasing after the people of God. 
And what does it read here at that moment? It says this in chapter 14, verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said, Moses, it is because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to bring us out to Egypt? Is this not what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel, What does he say, students? Go forward. Lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. The people of Israel may go through the sea onto dry ground, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. The people of God, listen students, they have walked all the way to the Red Sea and they see that the Red Sea is about 10 miles in between them and the other piece of land. And they turn around and they see Pharaoh and his army coming. They are literally at a corner in the, with their backs against the wall and they're asking all these questions. Why did you bring us here? Why did you take us out of this one place just to bring us here for us to die. Like, we're going to die. What are we going to do? They're panicking. What are we going to do? And what happened? Moses said, why don't you just watch Jesus take us out of this place? Watch what the Lord will do. All you have to do is be quiet and watch what the Lord will do. And what did the Lord say? Once they were quiet, what did the Lord say? Tell the people to walk and go forward. Then stretch your staff and the sea will split. See, the sea didn't split, students, until they turned from what they were fearing and they started walking to where God told them to go. Many of us today in this room right now, we have our eyes set on the one thing that has been controlling us. We have our eyes set on something that has been controlling us. Maybe it's something in your past. Maybe it's something in your past that happened. Maybe you did something that that you're just not proud of. Maybe you're shameful of, and it's controlling you. And every time that you almost have joy in your life, this is brought back into your mind's eye, and it just keeps on conquering you and just making this the the whole life experience just, just damage you. Maybe for some of us, something has happened in our past and it still destroys us right now. Maybe for some of us, it's the now. Maybe we are in a self-sabotage type of mentality. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not holy enough. 
I don't act like everyone. I don't look like everyone. I, don't, I, can't, I can't just do everything like everybody else. I don't fit in. And you've heard me say this a thousand times, but maybe your worst enemy is the inner me. Maybe some of us in here, we are trapped in, in anxiety and depression. And you're begging God, like, why did you bring me here? Why don't you make me be the person I was two years ago? I was better then. I want to go back to there. I want, like, this is destroying me, God. Like, why am I depressed? Why am I anxious? We got a lot of questions as well. This is when the breakthrough happens, though, students. When you take your eyes off of the problem and you turn and you put your eyes on the promises that God has laid before us. If you're stuck looking in the past, turn your eyes off the past and put them on Jesus, the one who says, listen, I am the forgiver. I am the restorer. I'm the one who makes you new. And listen, if you ask for forgiveness from me, then I will forgive you. And I will throw it as far as the east is from the west. And for those of you struggling with maybe something hurtful or maybe something you've done in your past, God says that you are my child. I have made you new. I have made you clean and white as snow. I am your father and you are mine. For those of you who are sabotaging yourself, you need to quit listening to the lies of Satan and start listening to the truth of God and realize like I am a child of God. I was formed by him in my mother's womb. I was made in the image of my father in my weakness. Yes, I have many. I can boast because God provides everything for me. I'm here to share his love and to share his word to this world. Lord, give me the words to say, and Lord, give me the people to say it to. I want to be proud of myself because God is proud of me. I don't care what people think anymore. I only care about what God thinks about me. And you turn and you walk. Listen, students, I need you to hear this. Christians don't get stuck in being down. We're always in the up and up. Like, it's always going to be better on, going up. It's always going to be better. This world is not our home. We are only passing through. I don't care what mess you are going through right now. It is always going to be better 100 years from now. Amen? Like, it is always, we always have something to look forward to. Heaven is going to be amazing, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It is always better for us down the road. Students stuck in anxiety and depression, <clears throat> I get it. Like, I, I, I have, I feel like I've dabbled in depression. I definitely haven't been as depressed as many of the people that I've counseled. But anxiety was a monster that I had no idea was such a monster until I dealt with it a couple years ago. Let me just tell you, from, from someone who's gone, gone through it and and here's what the hard part is, is I feel like so many of us who are dealing with these two things, we have, we have definitely taken our eyes off of the fear, and I think, I think that we have turned and we've actually started walking, y'all with me? Like you realize like you need Jesus, and you keep on walking, and this is the hardest part, is when you're walking and you're still in depression, and you're still in anxiety, and you don't know why. And you're still struggling. And you're like, what is going on with me? This is what I beg you to do. All right? Take another step. And after that, I want you to take another step. 
And after that, I want you to say, God, you know what? I don't know why I'm still this way, but I'm going to be faithful. I'm still going to rejoice in the Lord. I still know that you bring new, new mercies every morning, and you take another step. And I'm going to focus on your promise, and I'm going to still love people. I'm going to still bring people to your throne. I'm going to still go to church. I'm going to still be a person that, that loves you and serves you, and I ask you to take another step. And listen, something's going to happen to you, just like it happened to me. There's going to be one day where you wake up, and that has been lifted. You know what? The second time the people of God looked back was after they went through the Red Sea and they turned back and God collapsed the waters on top of Pharaoh and his army. And the people of God didn't see their problem anymore in Pharaoh. They got to see the glory of God. And students, for those who are dealing with your anxiety and depression, there's going, to be a, there's going to be a day where you turn around and you don't see your problem anymore. But you're going to see the glory of God and you're going to see the 10 miles of steps that he has taken you from. And you're going to see how he took you from that point to that point to that point. And you're going to see how he worked his grace and his strength in through that situation. And this is going to be the point where it's going to just make you smile at some point in your life, you're going to look back and you're going to be thankful that he gave you depression and that he gave you anxiety. I'm telling you, I know it's crazy talk, but you're going to be thankful because that, that, that brought you closer to Jesus and rely on him. And when you look back, you don't see your problems anymore. You see the faithfulness and the mighty hand of God. Students, to find breakthrough this Christmas break, in order for God to take you from where you are to where you, need, where you need to be on the other side of the sea, you need to turn away from that which is controlling you and you need to start walking towards Jesus and put your faith in him and let him fight for you. But lastly, if you haven't noticed, you can't, you can't break through something until you break slow. These are all kind of building up on each other. My third point is this, is I want you to break now. And, and the only break now is when you're able to break through and when you're breaking slow. But break now is this, is I want you to break now is to develop a discipline now of acting on God's call when he calls you to do it right now. If God calls you to do something, I want you to do it right now. If you want to advance the, your growth in Jesus, when he calls you to do something, do it now. And here's why. Here's why I want you to de develop this attitude. Because delayed obedience is disobedience. Just think about it. Like what do we do when God calls us to do something? How many of us weigh our options? Be honest. All right? Like when God says, hey, go sit by that person at lunch and I want you to talk to them about me. And like y'all are just thinking, hmm, well, I'm wearing my ugly pants today, right? Like, like I don't want them to see me in my ugly pants, right? Just me? Is that, is that just happened to me, right? I hate it when I wear my ugly pants, right? No, be honest though. Like they don't, like, like I'm not smart enough to talk to them about you, like, 
Like, I think I saw that person the other day at the party I was. I, I, like, I'm not holy enough. <clears throat> I'm not righteous enough. Like, why would they want to talk to me? And you start, you start delaying it and start thinking about it and start seeing all the reasons why you shouldn't go over there. And then you start justifying it. You know what? They're sitting by themselves. Like, obviously, they don't want to sit with people. Yeah, yeah, they don't want to set with people, God. Like, I don't want, like, they don't, they don't want to set by me. And listen, Lord, like, I'm going to sit over here, and I'm going to open my Bible. If you want them to learn about you, they're going to see the Bible, and then they'll come over and talk to me. Then I'll talk to them, right? Like, like you start trying to justify, you try to, delaying this obedience. Listen, don't delay. Don't get a call from God and say, well, no, I'll just do it tomorrow, or, or I'll do it once I'm holy enough, or I'll do it once there's been some more time in between me and the sin that I committed a couple of days ago. Like, I'll, I'll do it once everything fits into my schedule in this perfect little nice little box. And, and here's the truth, students. When God calls you to do something, it's always going to push you outside of your comfort zone. Now, it might push you a little bit out of your comfort zone, or it might push you a lot out of your comfort zone, but here's why. Because he always wants you to depend on him to show up to complete the thing that he has called you to do. Some of us, and I hope I don't have to say most of us, but some of us never experience spiritual growth because we never obey the call that God places on us. And I think so many times if we keep on ignoring the call of God on our life, it actually just starts becoming a noise that you're able to mute out so easily. So what does this mean, students? Like, like, like how do we act on it now? Start doing it now. Like, like, if he's saying for you to start a Bible study, start it now. If he's saying to go and sit by that person at lunch, go sit by the person. And I'm just telling you that the more that you're in tune with God and you're slowing your life down and you're experiencing the presence of God and the more that you're breaking through things, the more that you're going to start noticing that God is talking to you a lot more than you think he is. When he says that you need, need to break up with that person, break up with that person right now. Don't try to justify it. Don't try to think about it. Don't try to wear the variables. No, no, do it. If he tells you to leave your job and leave everything that you know and to start a ministry in a January, in the middle of a semester, and then eight years later tell people about following Jesus and just saying yes, do it. Y'all are experiencing an instant yes to Jesus eight years after my wife and I took the plunge and trusted Jesus with everything. If this old country bumpkin can follow Jesus, you can follow Jesus too. Can I get an amen? Do you believe it? Come on. Here's what will happen and I hope that you see this because God will probably start out with smaller things and then, then hopefully he won't make you uproot your life and start a ministry in the middle of University of Oklahoma, all right? Maybe he will, why not? But here's what happens when you start listening and doing the little things like that is you become malleable and you become that, that clay that he talks about. 
and we start saying yes to Jesus, then he starts molding and shaping you into the person that he desires you to be. Every time you say yes, it's one more form, one more shape, one more way that he can create you into being the vessel of God that he desires you to be. And I'm telling you, it's so worth it. Like, you can be proud of yourself. It's okay to be proud of yourself saying, like, like I follow Jesus, and man, it's, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And yeah, taking that step when the water hasn't even parted yet, yeah, it's crazy, but it's so worth it. Don't you want to look back when you're 60 years old and look back and say, man, you know what? We did these five things, and man, like, I had no idea what would happen, but God made me into something, and I'm so ready to meet him face to face. It is totally worth it. Students, what are the three things we need to do? We need to break slow. We need to break through. And we need to break now. You want to find that peace and balance in your life? Find Jesus. Enter into that daily atmosphere where you are in the presence of Jesus daily. You need it. It's worth it. So many of us, we proclaim that we know Jesus, but we don't even get to experience Jesus daily, do we? Make it a priority. But once you find it, find some breakthroughs. There's a lot of hurt and pain and shame that you're going through right now. I need you to forget your pharaohs. Forget, forget your pains and your shames in the back. And I need you to walk forward. And when you leave your burdens behind, all you see is him in front of you. And I just ask you to just keep on walking his way, walking his path, walking through that. And lastly and ultimately, the stamp of the 30 days and your break is start saying yes immediately to Jesus. Like, don't delay it. I know it sounds crazy. Don't think about it. If God says, go do that, and you know it's him, do it. It is always going to be worth it. And what will happen is he will mold you into the person that he wants you to be.